Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hi, everyone. Judge Andrew Napolitano here for Judging Freedom. Today is Monday, January 8th, 2024. Larry Johnson joins us now. Larry, always a pleasure. Thank you uh, for coming on the show. Thanks, Judge. Uh, Over the weekend, uh, the Financial Times uh, reports a brouhaha uh, in the Israeli uh, cabinet uh, in which uh, some ministers have uh, demanded that the IDF the Israeli Defense Forces begin their own investigation of what happened on October 7th, and apparently they're going to do so. Uh, Our friend and colleague Alistair uh, Crook characterized this as the earliest stages of a coup, a legal coup, Mm -hmm. uh, intending to dislodge some of uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu's closest allies from him, thereby defeating his majority in the Knesset, thereby removing him from office. Okay, all that is background. What's your take on the chaos uh, in the Israeli government as we speak? So this is, uh, they formed a unity government right after October 7th, uh, brought together the opposition candidate, Benny Gantz. Gantz uh, was a former military officer in in the uh, Israeli army. And so they all came together to be one big happy family. Well, it's clear they're not one big happy family. So Gantz uh, was at this meeting last uh, Thursday, and they were supposed to get a briefing from the Minister of Defense, a guy named Gallant. He he's the one. He's the grumpy looking guy. Always looks mad. Every and time always dressed all in black. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, well, look at me. So. Well, all right, all right. <laughs> so, so was Johnny Cash. <laughs> and, and so Galam was supposed to brief on, okay, what happens once we win in Gaza, whatever that means. And before he could even get into a discussion of that plan, up popped the, uh, the, the Israeli ch- chief of staff of the army saying that they had named a group of guys that were going, former luminaries in the military, who were going to conduct an investigation about basically why did Israel get caught with its pants down on October 7th and what happened in terms of its military response? Well, that blew up. Uh, you had the opposition, uh, the, the ultra-right wing in ben, uh, Bibi Netanyahu's government, uh, Ben Gavir and this guy named Smotrich. Boy, they were they just started lighting up the chief of staff. And then they went after Benny Gantz. I mean, they're basically calling a bunch of commie sellouts and... Uh, just as ins- personally insulting as possible. And the then D- Benny Gantz, and there's another uh, opposition party guy by the name of Lapid, they began punching back. So, you know, 
it, it was it's sort of like that food fight in a, you know animal house you know the thing you know, but it's all verbal and not not making for a happy scene and, and you got a lot of pressure I, I didn't get to listen to Alistair yet today but you've got the hostage families they continue to put more and more pressure you Israel's having to pull out of Gaza with, you know, claiming, oh, we got a great victory. That's why we're withdrawing 10 brigades that have been uh, chewed up in the process. They don't have a good military path forward. The Houthis got the Red Sea shut down, so there's, they're losing economically on that front. Hezbollah is putting pressure on the north. And so even though Israel's trying to put on a brave face in all of this, those underlying political divisions have not been healed. They are growing bigger. Is... Um... Uh, is the IDF actually planning to investigate the causes of October 7th? And if so, I mean, that, that would be like the Pentagon invest, investigating 9-11, including George W. Bush and Dick Cheney as the objects and subjects of the investigation. Yeah, it's, a, the, it's not exactly what you call an independent outside uh, source. Uh, I, I suppose uh, in, in this case, the... Uh, the I always call them the, now the Israeli occupation force because they've, they've not conducted themselves in a very professional way. Um, they may be better suited because it's not so much that the intelligence failure came at the eye uh, in, at the hands of the military, but maybe at the hands of the intelligence community. Anyway, it, it could get ugly, <clears throat> and uh, the, it you know the, the lack of consensus on this is just going to be one of those other thorns that will dry, you know, continue to create division. Isn't Netanyahu uh, the only significant player here, military um, and intelligence, that did not take or share any of the blame for October 7th? And isn't that um, a rigidity inviting an investigation? Well, the, the public outcry against Netanyahu is large and growing, and they are blaming him directly for what happened on October 7th. So the, he, he is certainly not free of blame on this at all. As, we, as we've discussed many times on your show uh, in the past, he is hanging on to this political position as prime minister just to avoid facing legal troubles that will likely plant him in jail. So yeah, uh, his motive is one of survival, and his survival comes before that of Israel. Does he does he control the IDF, or it's stated differently, no, Larry? No. Will will this investigation be a whitewash of Netanyahu? No, no, I don't think it'll be a whitewash of Netanyahu at all. Uh, his his control of the Israeli military is limited. They're you know they're like uh, survivors in a lifeboat after a ship is sunk. They've all got a, you know, they may be enemies, but they've got a vested interest in trying to work together to su survive for the immediate future. So the, the Israeli army is sort of its own, uh, its own entity. It's not under uh, Netanyahu's thumb at all. The other thing is to worry about the intelligence services, uh, Mossad, Shin Bet, uh, Unit 8200. They also have sort of their own institutional interests. And they're not going to let Bibi Netanyahu threaten them. Netanyahu does not have the political base to be able to challenge that intelligence, that, you know, let's call it a cabal of intelligence and military 
uh, authorities. So um, Alistair uh, Crook also says that though Netanyahu is very unpopular and though a lot of people would like to see him go and, and although it is likely he will soon go, don't expect a change in the policies of the government. Correct. Uh, that Correct. that Lapid and Gantz, if one of them, the liberals, uh, should become prime minister, uh, the policies of the government vis-a-vis uh, the Palestinians will be the same because that's what the Israeli public wants. Agreed? Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. That uh, There is a split between, let's call it left and right in Israel, but that split does not include that the leftists say, okay, let's find a peaceful accommodation with the Palestinians. Absolutely not. They, they're as virulent about, uh, they're as intent on getting rid of the Palestinians as anybody on the right. It's just the, the question of the method. So getting rid of Netanyahu is not going to change Israel's stance right now, which is a problem. Uh, because, you know, as we pointed out, the military pressures on Israel are increasing, not diminishing. You know, they've, they've been punching themselves uh, to a point of exhaustion in Gaza, and they have not won. They've killed a lot of Palestinian civilians, but they've created all this rubble and all this uninhabited territory where the, the Hamas fighters are able to sneak up and ambush them constantly. So they're losing a lot of vehicles. They're getting a lot of people that are wounded in action, several killed. And it's just, you know, they're bleeding out. You can't continue to lose blood like this and remain a viable uh, power. Is it generally uh, accepted in the uh, intelligence and military communities internationally uh, that Israel has failed militarily uh, and failed in the PR war? Uh, I don't. I don't know. I, you would hope that that would be the case. Clearly, Israel's lost the PR war. When you when you see the, the they're frantic about trying to quash this South African filing with the International Court of Justice, and they're you know just they're they really remind you of a drowning man off of uh, off of a ship in the middle of the ocean, just flailing about trying to grab hold of something. Uh, militarily, uh, I think. There are still some countries, particularly in Europe, that think Israel has things in hand, but recognize that Israel is very, very vulnerable if it decides to expand the war uh, against uh, Hezbollah into Lebanon and Syria, because Israel does not have the logistics chain. It doesn't have the size of force. It doesn't have the material needed to really sustain that kind of fight. And it's not going to be an easy one two-week adventure. The, even Netanyahu himself is talking about that this war in Gaza could extend through the rest of 2024. Mm. Israel, Israel does not have the means and the wherewithal to endure that length of a conflict. It never has. Are you uh, <laughs> of the view that uh, Netanyahu uh, would like to draw the United States into the war? Even, oh, yeah. even, even a false flag uh, attack on American troops. Yeah, yeah. No, he de he definitely uh, wants to see that. Uh, you know, I think the biggest the biggest danger right now is down in the Red Sea. If we're going to talk about, uh, let's call it an updated Gulf of Tonkin incident in which a U.S. military ship is attacked 
uh, ostensibly by either, and it may actually happen, but it, it could also be portrayed that they were attacked by the Houthis with, with one of the anti-ship missiles, and Iran gets blamed, and then the war gets expanded. That's what I think Israel wants. Israel wants to see the United States fully invested with its troops alongside it. Wow. Uh, I don't, but I don't, th I don't think uh, anybody in the Biden administration is that crazy, but you know, who knows? They can't even keep track of their secretary of defense. We're, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the secretary of defense, Lloyd Austin. Where has he been? Uh, we're going to talk about the North Koreans uh, launching missiles into uh, Ukraine. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, we're going to talk about the British Navy advertising for admirals. <laughs> Can't yeah. make this up. But first, <laughs> but first this. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Yeah. Justin Valtano here. I love being a spokesperson for causes that I believe in, and one of them is the soundness of money. We don't have that anymore. The markets are casinos. The Fed is printing cash like it's going out of style. What is the government doing to my money? What is it doing to your money? Over $34 trillion in government debt, and that number goes up with every tick of the clock. The cost of living is unsustainable, and the cost of everything from eggs to bread is going through the roof no matter what the White House tells you. You can no longer trust the government or Wall Street or the bank. So how do you save now and for the future? Do what I did. Do your research. When I did my research, it led me to gold and silver, and that led me to Lear Capital, the leader in gold and silver since 1997. I know the folks at Lear. I work with the folks at Lear. I trust the folks at Lear. How do you reach them? 800-511-4620 or learjudgenap.com. You'll have a very nice conversation with a very knowledgeable person. There's no high pressure. They will send you literature that you can share with your spouse, and then you'll decide what to do. You might even qualify for $15,000 in bonus gold. Lear has been the leader in this area of investing for the past 25 years. 800-511-4620. And don't forget to ask about a gold IRA. Find out how diversifying your portfolio from stocks and bonds into gold and silver can give you peace of mind. The peace of mind you deserve. 800-511-4620. LearJudgeNap.com. And when you speak to these good folks, tell them the judge sent you. Where is Lloyd Austin? <laughs> yeah. Well... Uh, they're going to put him in a new comic book. You know, where's Waldo? Now it's where's right. Lloyd. Right. Uh, he was uh, supposedly locked away in the intensive care unit at Walter Reed Medical Center. It used to be called Bethesda Naval Hospital. It's right up uh, in Bethesda, Wisconsin Avenue. 
and uh, they put him into ICU in order to try to hide his whereabouts. He'd had some sort of surgery and then some complications from the surgery and uh, then was apparently, uh, you know, in the hospital for four or five days. And and just now people are discovering this as a, as a Friday. And I, I think this is going to be the perhaps the story of the week in Washington because the, the, the notion that nobody, that Austin had not, told the White House, hey, you know, I've got a problem so that my deputy's taking over. None of that took place. So it's just, it's one other indicator of the complete dysfunction of the Biden administration, which where it appears that people like uh, the Homeland Security Secretary Mayorkas does his own thing. Merrick Garland does his own thing. Lloyd Austin does his own thing. There is absolutely no coordination and management of this process. And, you know, Austin uh, he's he's in the chain of command with respect to nuclear weapons, and mm. th- to have him go missing, good lord. Mm. Um, do you think there's any connection between his sudden disappearance uh, and a scolding or lecture he apparently gave uh, uh, Defense Minister Gallant and Prime Minister Netanyahu about you you got to dial it back, and then suddenly uh, they announced that ten brigades are leaving Israel. Is there connect? Is he leaving Gaza? Is there a connection with all this stuff, Larry? Uh, I I don't believe in coincidence. So it's when you when you see that uh, th- that kind of report and then Israel responding in that way, you know I think it gives some credence to it. Uh, but I also think on the part of the Israelis, they are starting to you know being forced, compelled by events to recognize that the, the, they're not just going to roll over Hamas, wrap them all up, and kill them all. That 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 may have been their goal. But they're not certainly not being able to accomplish it because they've created this rubble in Gaza that provides great cover and concealment for Hamas fighters. Uh, Politico is now just reporting that uh, Secretary Austin offered to resign uh, and the president said he would not accept uh, the resignation if it was offered. I don't know what that means. I mean, they can't force you to stay uh, in the job. I don't know why he wouldn't have told his boss, Hey, uh, you know, I got to have a stent put in or I got an ingrown toenail or whatever it yeah. is. Yeah. I have to go to the hospital, uh, for a day or so. Yeah. The, this is different. Look, I've, uh, I, someone I'm close to, uh, worked at the national institutes of health and very frequently there would be, let's call them political celebrities, uh, well-placed, uh, spouses of, a prominent, you know, spouse of a president, for example, would come into the hospital for medical treatment. Sometimes it was something pretty serious, and there are ways to keep that quiet. But never had a situation where you actually had a sitting, uh, someone in Lloyd Austin's position, uh, the person in charge of a particular agency or organization, that comes in. They keep that quiet, and it never gets out and announced in public, because that goes to the heart of the government being able to function properly. How do they, um, this might be off off the beaten path for you, but maybe you know it. I mean, how do they uh, manage this? I mean, he, he's not just a patient there. Does he have bodyguards with him? And, uh, Oh no, 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 he is actually, he is a patient there. Okay. Um, I mean, is he he alone or is there a staff with him? Are there guards? Yeah, they may, in, in, in Austin's case, you know, they may, they may bring in, uh, you know, one or two members of the security detail who could sit outside the room. But 
you know, the, the nurses and doctors that are attending him, they'll be going in and out of the room. They don't have to be checked at each, you know, before they get in and out. So uh, it is, you know, they become like everybody else. If you're sick and in need of medical treatment, then you got to let the medical professionals take care of you. Okay. Uh, let's go back to the <clears throat> chaos in the Israeli uh, cabinet and the investigation of what happened on October 7th by the IDF. Will American intelligence play a role in any of that? Uh, I doubt it. Uh, this is this is entirely on Israel. It was, it's already clear they had the information in hand. They just didn't act on it. Now, the, the conspiracy theories have already come up that maybe they deliberately allowed it to take place so that they could use that as a pretext for clearing out Gaza and eliminating all the Palestinians. Well, that's, that's possible. Uh, but uh, I, I think what they've uh, they really had underestimated Hamas, thought that they had him under control, and uh, the if you will the animals broke out of their cages, uh, the prisoners who had been held so long they thought were docile, and lo and behold they they broke out and they caused serious damage to Israel's reputation. Uh, what is uh, North Korea doing? This almost sounds like a gag. What is North Korea doing in Ukraine? Like the opening line of a joke. I know it's not, but I have to ask you this. Well, the United States claims that uh, the Russians are getting ballistic missiles from North Korea to fire at the Ukrainians. This is, uh, so there are a couple of possibilities. This could be the United States continuing its meme, its uh, theme that uh, Russia's weak, Russia's industry can't keep up, Russia's failing, and therefore it has to go to North Korea. Uh, but, you know, you and I mentioned this briefly on uh, on Friday that uh, one of the other possibilities that have to be considered is that the Russians are allowing North Korean missiles to be used in order for them to be tested in a combat environment. Normally, when, you know, you're shooting off a ballistic missile and they do these missile tests all the time, you know, you shoot them up in the air, they go out over the ocean, they fall into the ocean. So you actually never get a real good sense of if they, if they were using that in an actual combat environment, in an attack, would you be able to hit the target? If you hit the target, would it blow up? You know, would, would the device explode? Will it function as expected? Well, guess what? With this war in Ukraine, you have an active laboratory, a real-world laboratory where you can fire these off see how they work, check what the U.S. intelligence monitoring is, see what the countermeasures from NATO's, do they work, do they not work? So, uh, you, you know, I could see it as a real plus for North Korea as, as a way to get some real-world intelligence on how their, their, their ballistic missiles will actually operate in the event that they ever decide to use them. Before North Korea could do this, would uh, they have to have the consent of China? No, they wouldn't have to have the consent of China. It'd just be Russia. And, you know, Russia has been uh, improving its relations. It used to have actually, uh, it's, it's had longer relations, I think, with North Korea, positive relations than, than necessarily the Chinese. The Chinese have always had to sort of rein the, rein the North Koreans in. But uh, I, I think this is, this is a situation where Russia could make that call uh, but I, it was not motivated. I'm confident of this. It was not motivated because Russia needed more ballistic missiles. Russia has an adequate, ample supply of ballistic missiles that uh, 
uh, particularly the Iskander, uh, which is a hypersonic missile at that, that the United States has been unable to stop. You know, it, it, the West has been, uh, there's, not a, there's not a single air defense system in Europe or the United States capable of stopping the Iskander. Finally, is it true that the British Navy actually took out an advertisement yeah. <laughs> for a for for a job as a three or four star admiral. Yeah, I when I first uh, I, I learned of this from Andre Matiano, and he was quoting an article in uh, the Guardian, um, and then when I in the Telegraph and the Independent, it was all over British media. They actually put an ad up on LinkedIn saying, "Hey, uh, we we need somebody that can be in charge of our submarine force. You get a hundred and." Uh, fifty thousand euros a year, and uh, you know, please apply. And you're thinking, good God, what has happened to the Royal Navy? Because the way the Navy operates, any Navy, is that you have uh, everything from uh, starting with an ensign, all the way up to captain, and then admiral, and you got vice admirals. Surely they've got someone in the Royal Navy. You would have thought capable of stepping into that position, having been trained, prepped, prepared. Oh, no. They're advertising on social media. Mm. Now, the, this is the British Navy that once, you know, ruled Britannia. The Britannia rules the waves. Well, they don't rule anything anymore. The, the, the air, they sent their aircraft carry out in August 22 to go uh, join a U.S. exercise. It broke on the way out of port. And then they tore it back in. And do they sit down and fix it? Oh, no, no, no. They don't have the parts. <laughs> they, they, they don't have the people competent to repair it. So then they start pulling parts off of it to repair another ship. So there's one aircraft carrier down. They have two other equivalent of, let's call them destroyers, that uh, they, they had to put them in port because they don't have enough crew to staff it. The, the recruitment level's down like 22% uh, compared to last year. I mean, the Brits have become a joke. I volunteered a couple of candidates for them. We got Admiral Rachel Levine, you know, the current head of the public health service here in the United States. Or how about Admiral John Kirby? Let's send him over. You know, <laughs> it's Kirby qualified. What? A, no, what a, but, uh... but you know, hey, he he he's he's adept at lying. So you know, that's what they're going to need. And, you know, what's what's astonishing about this judge is that. The, the primary means the Brits have for delivering nuclear weapons are their submarines. And the reports are that not even, they can't even get all of their submarines out of port, that they're all in for, for repair and other things. So, I mean, th why we, the next time I hear any British military analyst on television opining about anything, I want to say to them, shut up. You don't even deserve to speak until you guys become like a real country. Just shut up and say nothing. Larry Johnson, always a pleasure, my dear man. Uh, we'll look forward to the uh, roundtable uh, with you and Ray later on in the week. Great. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks for Judge. all your time. Thanks for all your time, of course. Uh, all of our uh, superstars coming up throughout this week, Professor Mearsheimer, Professor Sachs, Scott Ritter from Moscow, Judge Napolitano for Judging Freedom.